Hi and welcome to a very special series of Arrow Bandwidth. A whole series. A whole series. Dedicated to security. You better believe it. As always, you've got myself, David Fern. And myself, Richard Holmes. And our producer, as always, for this series is going to be... Hannah Jenny. Hannah Jenny. Ah. And guys, so basically the idea behind this is we went to Infosec this year. In fact, we are still here right now. Yeah, these are special effects in the background. No, we don't have that much money. Um, so, essentially what we've tried to do is go around, find the most interesting, innovative and, in and sort of exciting vendors that we have on our portfolio and basically bring them on and interview them. But do quite long interviews, sort of 15 to, to 25 minutes, and mm -hmm. essentially give you a real idea of where the top vendors think the current trends are, technology directions, and generally sort of what some of the top things that they're focusing on and concerned about in 2017 and beyond. Yeah, so if you want a Security 101 for 2017, look no further and than this series. I'd like to add a Security 202. Oh, yeah, go on, then. Why not? Why not? So, look, guys, sit back, enjoy. This is going to be the next couple of months of your bandwidth listening. So, yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Get ready for the bombshells. Yeah. Hi, and welcome back to another Arrow Bandwidth Security Series special. Yeah. And uh, once again, I'm joined by my fabulous co-host, Natricious Holmes. Why, thank you, Mr. Fern. And, uh, and today we are joined by uh, Giddy from Skybox. Giddy, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Yeah, hi. hi. Thanks for having me here. I'm Giddy Cohen, CEO and one of the founders of Skybox Security. Fantastic. So for those of us, um, or those of our listeners who might not have heard of Skybox, can you just give us sort of a, a, an overview of what do Skybox do? Sure. So Skybox is a software vendor providing a security management solutions for enterprises, government agencies around the globe. Our focus is to provide to them a visibility for and intelligence for their attack surface, wherever it is, multi-cloud, physical, hybrid networks, such that they can, with that, automate you know, a lot of their complex security management processes around yep. vulnerability threat management, security policy management. So, I mean, one of the things that, one of the topics that's come up over and over and over again in the in the two days that we've been doing these podcasts um, has been essentially the ecosystem and, and how actually no one product can can fix all the problems an enterprise has and obviously I'm guessing you guys I mean if I'm if I'm right in thinking and obviously if our, if our listeners are right in thinking your product is essentially there to help people to manage that complex or the complexity of multiple different security silos and multiple different bits and pots and IPS and firewalls and, and, and UBAs and proxies and everything else. Yeah, exactly. So one of the big issues in the security space, not only there are a lot of, uh, let's say there's a complex threat landscape, right, attacks, ransomware, different type of crimeware, etc. But actually the security industry itself doesn't help much, right, in, the, in dealing with that, right? There are too many vendors, too many different ways to do similar and overlapping things. So our customers are ending up with a network which has a lot of security solutions, yep. not really talking to each other, looking different, operating in a different way. At the end of the day, they have a lot of siloed information, siloed systems. Yeah. And what we do is basically with our management you know, solution, we actually glue all of that together and actually provide an integrated visibility into their attack surface, regardless of what kind of networking, endpoint, system, and security gear they have in place. Cool. So I suppose we're seeing with, with businesses 
transforming uh, and migrating certain functions to, to the cloud, that environment's only getting more and more and more complicated and there's more and more vendors coming in to address elements and requirements within the security space. So, yeah, Skybox obviously must have sort of a, a view when it comes to cloud and, and yeah. how, uh, how, do you, yeah, how, how do you operate? What's, what, what's, what's your view on to some, of the, some of the areas that I suppose the, the threats that businesses face by, by moving into that hybrid or cloud manner and, and, and what, your, sure. what you guys can do, do that? Sure. So, so first of all, I agree with the, with the claim, right, about yeah. the complexity of the cloud, right? When a lot of the cloud services started years ago, everyone thought it's going to be easier and simpler, right? You just turn on the machine and then you yep. have another machine working for you and everything is great. The reality is that it actually increased complexity a lot. Yeah. And not only that, it increased complexity while reducing the span of control of the security organization. So you have more assets, so your attack surface is becoming bigger, but you yeah. control less of it, right? It's being operated by third parties, or operated by different IT teams that until now never thought about security, right? They are just managing systems now in a yeah. virtualized environment. So all of that makes it much more complicated. Now, when you uh, multiply that by the evolution of the threat landscape, that's, get, that's getting actually pretty scary. So not only you have a bigger attack surface that you know and control less of, you have many more assets that contain critical data that attackers are pretty successfully attacking. So that's, that's the issue. And what we do there is actually we extend our value proposition, like we did for many years, right, trying to put our arms around the entire attack surface. Now the attack surface is bigger. So we you know, added a lot of capabilities to model and analyze multi-cloud, hybrid, and physical environment uh, yeah. together, such that uh, one, we provide visibility. Second, we help organizations to extend their important security management processes to that type of environment. So an example, right? Uh, the basic thing in network security is to uh, enforce segmentation. Yeah. Which you know, it's tough in physical network that doesn't change as much. When it changes very quickly on a micro-segmentation type of a network, right, like in a private or public cloud, yeah. that becomes really critical. Yeah. So with network modeling, network segmentation analysis, where you can look on how your environment looks like, both from a north, south, east, west type of traffic, that actually is a very powerful capability. Yeah. You, you've mentioned modeling and analytics a couple of times. I, I take it one of, one of the key players for Skybox is the fact that actually what you can do in this increasingly complex environment is you can start to not just not just gather a picture, but you can start to be proactive and look at areas to to address with with this security strategy that you've got or yeah. the current deployments. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think the the we should definitely underline the proactive side of that. Yeah. Right? So if you, you know anyone read the recent Verizon data breach report, see that almost all of the attacks they claim 97% of whatever they research, the attacks the successful attacks actually leverage a known exposure or what could have been a known exposure. Yeah. The reality, because of the complexity gap, uh, those potentially known exposure are not really known to the organization. Therefore, they don't have the chance to address them on time before the attacker actually takes advantage of them. So if you can't see the threat, you don't even know it's a threat. Exactly. Yeah. It's there. You know that you have the vulnerability. You know it's exploitable. You, there are real attack vectors there. I mean, take the WannaCry example. Right? Yeah. So, those vulnerabilities were there for many years. Mm -hmm. The NSA knew them, maybe some others knew them as well, were aware of the, the possible exploitation. But you know, even if you didn't know about it, there were, you had probably a month or two before the ransomware started a few weeks ago, right? Before it went out, 
that you could know that you have the vulnerability if you monitor the threat intelligence out there, and we provide, but other vendors provide as well, you could have known that that might become an imminent threat on your organization, so you have the chance, yeah. and you had the chance to fix it on time, a few weeks before the attack. The question, how many organizations really did it? Apparently, many of them were successfully attacked as part of the issue. Yeah. So, I mean, we touched a minute ago on the cloud, and I think cloud is one of these, these terms that's starting to have a little bit more context. So, you know, we've got public cloud, private cloud, hybrid cloud, SaaS services, PaaS services, storage. But I suppose, essentially, that is the definition of and a very, very, very large attack surface, right? Because obviously you've not only got lots of different bits of your system, you've got lots of bits all over the place, some of them, some of which you control, some of which you don't. You've got communications going all over the place, over the internet, over, you know, private private lines. It's a, it becomes a very, very messy environment. With GDPR and things coming along, you know, we've, we've heard a lot of our... A lot of times when we've spoken to vendors this week, mm -hmm. um, we've heard a lot of people say, no one solution will fix it. So fundamentally, you're going to have to implement multiple technologies to try and fix the problem. Sure. Then if you, if you reel that into, or sort of essentially blend that into, okay, so you've got to, got to employ multiple different technologies. Got to be compliant, otherwise you're going to get fined, and GDPR fines are astronomical, as we all know. And then you also want to leverage the cloud. I mean... It's, just, it's a trifecta of disaster. You know, the, the risk calculations. I mean, DC, you know, I mean, well, we're certainly seeing from our, our research that that is making people say, oh, actually, do you know what? I might start to bring everything back in-house because although leveraging the cloud is really valuable, it it's a terrifyingly complex security challenge. That's the risk being reward, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's out, how, can, how could Skybox help in that situation? Yes, yeah, so, so we are sincere believers that, you know, if you cannot uh, see something, you cannot manage it, right? You need yeah. to have data-driven management of anything, regardless if it's physical or cloud or whatever. So we want to help organizations by demystifying what they have, right? In other words, provide visibility to the attack surface, regardless if it's physical or cloud wow. or both, yeah. right? And then we want to, and what we do is automate some of the complex security management processes so they actually can put their arms around it in a consistent basis. Vulnerability management, threat intelligence management, network segmentation analysis, which is really important for GDPR, yeah. right? To make sure that you know where your data is and who can access it and who cannot access it, etc. So we believe that if the organization have consistent visibility and consistent automation of those processes, actually they can deal with any type of environment that they have. The challenge is that if one of those pieces is missing, then they become either clueless or they have full sense of security, uh, or they're just getting scared, right, and making some non-optimal decisions about, for example, not using cloud environment, because it seems kind of a bit overwhelming. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I suppose to that end, it's a great answer because at the end of the day, if you can provide that neat management overlayer, it, it starts to give people the confidence that, you know what, all of this disparate stuff, these disparate locations, actually, I, I, I have that single pane of glass control over that. And as you say, I think one of the problems I'm certainly going to, I'm certainly foreseeing my partners and their downstream customers are going to see going forward is not necessarily just the management, but the proving levels of compliance, the proving the levels of regulatory compliance for sure. GDPR. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how do you guys, how would you guys go about helping an organization to do that? So, so let's give an example, okay? So let's say, again, think about network segmentation, right? Let's say you want to show and prove it's part of compliance that you yeah. have, let's say, Data, data center or some systems with certain data that you need to protect, let's say with uh, some private information, right? 
and you want to make sure the data resides only, let's say, in the right region mm -hmm. and can be accessed remotely, let's say, from other regions, only in a very specific protocol or specific applications. Just an example, right? Yeah. yeah. And you want to prove that, right, that you have the right controls to do that. So think about the network layer, when you have a network that changes all the time, has a lot of different vendors, especially if some of it is leveraging some cloud or virtual environment with micro-segmentation, who knows exactly what's happening there. Actually, we can help them by modeling, right, visualizing that, automatically by simulation, proving or disproving that the segmentation that you put together for compliance reasons is actually functioning. And if it's not, we can actually highlight very specific, right, what has to be changed or where, the, where is the violation, which they can either manage and or accept as an exception, which is always fine by regulation. Or you can say, well, okay, maybe we should not accept it, and you could fix it so it can be very prescriptive about what has to be done. So this is just a good example of to take, you know, high-level requirements of GDPR and make a very tangible progress by, let's say, enforcing a network segmentation policy, which is, you know, basic for any security operation and specifically for regulatory compliance, especially when you want to make sure the data resides in the right place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Make, make, make sense? Yeah, perfect sense, perfect yeah. sense. Um, so, so coming away from some of the specific examples and, and going to the sort of more the industry as a whole, from your perspective, um, what sort of trends have you seen um, in, in 2017? What have you seen, you know, specifically, because we've had people come here and talk about specifically about endpoint. We've had people talk about, you know, web application firewalling type yep. technologies. But as you sort of sit above and, and in that sort of almost control plane layer, sure. what are the trends and the sort of drivers outside of, just, you know, what we've just discussed. Are you seeing any other trends? Are you seeing any other things making people go, do you know what, Skybox, I, I need that sort of thing? Yeah, so I would say that there are probably, I would say three of them. Two of them we touched. Yeah. Right, the multi-cloud, the move to the cloud, expansion to the cloud. Second yep. one is new or expand regulatory compliance requirements like GDPR. I would say the third one, which is very interesting, uh, is the crimeware, the evolution of crimeware. Okay. Ah. Right, that uh, if you think about what happened again with WannaCry, this is just an example, right? There will be a lot of more attacks like that because what happens is that the, the ecosystem of uh, conducting crime or cyber attacks actually got much more sophisticated. It's actually, I'm sure that they are doing conferences like that, like, cy <laughs> like InfoSec, and, right? And, you know, selling tools, having customers, and that's the reality of what happens, right? So there's a full ecosystem of yeah. developers developing exploit yeah. kits and way to deploy malware, etc. There are, there are channels, right, that are selling them, okay? And there are customers that are buying those products or services and actually using them to conduct the attacks. So, so it's almost the democratization of cybercrime. It's sense. insane. It's absolutely insane. So we, we've heard this week about cyber criminals and ransomware organizations it's that have help desks. It's an industry. Yeah, they do. It's just, just it's not. Yeah. It's more than that, right? They are doing uh, marketing. Some of them actually marketing have a translation to dozens of different languages, right? They want to help their customers, though, so they do a lot of localization. I love that we call them customers. They are yeah. very customer friendly, actually, <laughs> because they want to, you know, commercial commercialize what they do. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. want people to know that when they pay them, they're going to get themselves unlocked, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So think about the, what does it mean? What it, what it means there will be more consistent, more broad-based attacks on broader attack surfaces. Yeah. Attackers are always right. We look for the easiest easiest way, right, to make money or to achieve their goal. Yep. Now they have a much more mechanized or weaponized way to achieve that in much greater scale. So what I what I would expect to happen is that we'll see bigger attacks, more broadly applicable to more organizations 
going much quicker, right? Because all of them are software-based, technology-based. So yeah. you, know, you want to attack, attack 1,000 systems or 10,000 systems, it's about the same amount of work, right, for technology. Yeah. For humans, it's a lot of work. Yeah. For technology, for software or service, it's pretty easy. Pretty easy, yeah. yeah. So I'm going I'm to be quite uh, controversial and play a little bit devil's advocate. Because sure. I, I think this is something that's probably um, on a lot of our... The, the guys who listen, the, the, the partners that listen to this podcast, um, a lot of them will be coming from, from security backgrounds, but a lot of them won't. Yeah. A lot of them won't necessarily... Um, well, I think we'll, we'll, we'll be quite interested in understanding what are the triggers for someone needing your product? Because obviously your product is, is something that I think a lot of um, partners that don't really understand the level of complexity that the security world involves. Yeah, I think well, just calling it a single pane of glass doesn't yeah, do it justice. No, no, no. But I mean, there's a lot of people who around and say, at what point is Skybox valuable, and at what point is it a nice to have? Sure. So I mean, what would you say to the, to the you know, what would you say to those sort of conversations, those people? Yeah. So it's typically driven by complexity, right? But maybe let's even before answering yeah. that, let me kind of just give kind of my philosophy on it. I think that what end users or your partners need to realize that security is a discipline that has to be managed like anything else, right? Yeah, like you're yeah. managing sales, you're managing marketing, you're managing finance, you, mean, you manage supply chain. Security has to be managed. Security is not just let's slap together some tools and configure them and hopefully they, are, you, they will get you protected. Security has to be managed because at the end of the day, it's about managing cyber risk. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's not about deploying solutions, no. right? So, so when you think about, okay, so what does it take to manage? It takes to have people. And you know, to justify management, you need to have enough complexity so there's something to manage there. So I would say that uh, what we're seeing in our customer base, uh, probably enterprise with, or government agencies with one or 2,000 employees and above, have security teams, have enough complexity that, uh, or already the complexity, complexity gap between the reality of their attack surface and their ability to put their arms around it, it's already complex enough for them. The tech tools can save them a lot of uh, yeah. both time and actually reduce a lot their exposure to cyber attacks. So I would say one to 2,000 employees and above, it becomes a must-have. Below that, it really depends on the maturity of the security of the organization. Right. Yeah, and, uh, go on, sorry. Sorry, I was going to say, you mentioned time. And again, it's been a constant sort of theme throughout, I'm sure people will find this series of podcasts, that you know, ultimately, in InfoSec, skills are, you know, we, we see it in... We see it in the trade press. We see it in the general press. Yeah. Skills are in short supply. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I can't, for me, I can't stress enough. Uh, any, any technology, any any product that you can bring into that complicated security environment today, if it frees up your security team to focus on the the really important elements of. You know the the tasks that they've got to hand, and also to help that team develop themselves and keep abreast of of, uh, of of changing threats and news and 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 keep skilled. You know what? That shortage of, of staff means that if you can't address that, you might well end up losing staff. You might sure. end up with you know knock-on associated problems that you never even thought of today. So. Again, yeah, I, I completely agree with the comments that you made, and, and really, I just want to stress that element of saving time. Yeah, and I, and I would add to that, actually, there's another time element, which is at least as important. One is saving time, right, in terms of resources that are maybe yeah. will be available to more high-level type of things, like dealing with incidents, dealing with Absolutely. threat intelligence, etc. But there's a second element, right? Think about the attackers who will attack in the, any moment that they wish, yes. that they have tool and opportunity to attack. 
Think about the alternative today where enterprises have cycles which are so slow to mm -hmm. figure out what's the risk, what's yeah. the exposure, what are the critical vulnerabilities, how to fix them. So enterprises walk in cycles of every month, every three months, every six months, even then it's partial coverage of their attack surface in terms of understanding it and dealing with it, yeah. while the attacker can attack any minute. So yeah. there's a complete disparity between yeah. the frequency of the cycle time enterprises can defend themselves versus the cycle time that attackers can attack you. Yeah. And the only way to match up, basically, in this battle is to have something that actually can allow you to defend yourself on a continuous basis and manage those defenses on an ongoing basis as opposed to with kind of like a big project takes months to complete. Yeah, I like that tech. And, I like that view of And things. you know what? So it, it, it echoes a comment that, that someone uh, told me last night, which was actually uh, security can be an accelerator. So if you've got good security, actually you can accelerate projects, you can accelerate agility in your business. You can turn around and say, we don't have to worry about doing something, we don't have to wait for various different systems to come online and be compliant and blah, 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 blah. If you've got a great overview and, and as you say, you have complete visibility of your infrastructure, your network, you know, you can accelerate the business's ability to put things online and the ability to bring apps online and the ability to do all sorts of really clever things um, that otherwise, if you, if you had those security hurdles um, that you had to jump over every single time you wanted to bring a new app online, you wanted to put something else online, you wanted to bring a new web platform into existence, it would just st stifle the creativity and the sort of innovation, the innovation in an organization, yeah. No, I agree, yeah. because I think what happens nowadays is that the organizations, in security organizations, mostly either slowing down business mm -hmm. or they're being ignored by they're, the business because they're, yeah. they become irrelevant. They're seen as essentially yeah. a blocker. They're seen as, you know, oh, you know, we've got to secure it, blah, blah, blah. In, in, in a lot of cases, they're not even part of you know, the, the IT structure and department within an organization or, or that particular budget. They're almost dealt with as a separate entity on their own. Yeah, yeah they're, they're not part of you know, the yeah, organisation. No. There's a feel that they're not part of the organisation. Yeah. No. Look, Guy, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. Brilliant. Sadly, we're going to have to call it there because we, we've hit time. Sure. And uh, no, really, really thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming on. Sure. Really Thanks appreciate it. No, yeah, you are more pleasure. than welcome. Thank you for coming on and because I appreciate your time. It's probably incredibly, incredibly... Uh, Valuable. Valuable here. Um, yeah, but I hope you have a really good rest of the conference and uh, yeah. yeah, we'll speak soon. Yeah, Brilliant. thanks for hosting me. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you very much. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Goodbye, all. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I did. Don't forget, this is part of a series. There will be one next week. Um, if you want to join the conversation, please, please do so at hashtag Arrowbandwidth on Twitter. And don't forget to check out the show notes where there's loads of really important resources and, uh, and generally sort of part of the conversation. you find that at the uh, Arrow Hub. You will indeed. You will indeed. And guys, look, if you've enjoyed this, please subscribe. We cover loads of topics. We've got tons of back catalogue. It's we a great opportunity to learn and get educated. So please do listen. And uh, yeah, come back next week. Come back, subscribe, catch up. Thank you very much. Have a good week. Bye.